Hey, welcome back to another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. My name is Nathan Resnick, your host, and today we're joined by Robert Indrez. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So we were just chatting before the show and you've generated over a hundred million dollars in revenue for your clients through your agency for e-commerce brands. So I'm really curious, what are the main drivers behind that? People hear this $100 million top line number and they want to get there. And most of our listeners are probably mid seven figure, eight figure brand owners that run their own e-commerce brands. And I'm curious, has there been any unlock that you've discovered as you've helped scale these brands to over $100 million in sales? Yes, there was. What we've learned is that the things that set the difference are all of the small tweaks we make. So for the brands that we've generated the most amount, like literal hundreds of millions that we've made for them, for example, one brand we took from 25 million a year, it took them 20 years to get to 25 or something like that, something crazy, like over a decade, it took them to get to 25 million. And then we took them from 25 to 50 million in two years, two and a half years, right? They themselves were in shock, but we have a very strategic way of looking at things. And the reason for that is because I'm a civil engineer by trade. I don't work with fluff. I don't like fluff. What I like is numbers. I work with the numbers, right? So many times people that either are our clients or our staff send me, for example, a newsletter or a cold email. Robert, what do you think of this? doesn't matter what I think. Did you test it? What are the numbers? Does it work? <laughs> what do you get? Because it's never zero. Sometimes it is, then you're horrible. <laughs> but let's say you get the 1% conversion rate. Okay. Are you happy or do you want more? Maybe I would like a 2%. Okay. So that means the copy needs to be better. It doesn't matter what I think. It really does not. What matters is the final number, right? What we've done for the clients that we've generated most value is that we've taken a multidisciplinary approach. We work on not only their marketing, everything that has to do with their PR, their digital platforms, offline and so on. We also do their tech. We build their tech, right? So they've invested hundreds of thousands in the tech, but guess what? Everything works instantly, right? You want to book something, you want to buy something, whatever, instantly everything just works. At this point, we help them with driving traffic and they have... I think, I don't want to exaggerate, but I think like maybe 4 million organic traffic coming to the website every year, right? So it's 4 million, even if you have a very crappy conversion rate, <laughs> you're still going to make so much money out of 4 million people coming to your pages, right? And basically everything needs to be super snappy. We work with the CDN networks. We implement the server side things, everything that has to do with the back end, right? Front end, if buttons need to be moved and so on and so forth. Backend, like for example, the customer service, customer success, invoicing, sometimes businesses buy in bulk, that needs to work properly. Everything that has to do with tech, right? Basically we build because you're not going to a tech company to build a feature that you think you need. You're going to your strategy company to say, this is the strategy we agreed to. Now we need tech to support the strategy. It's a very different approach. It's a totally different angle. You're not just building stuff because you think you need it. You have a very clear goal, a very clear KPI, and it just so happens that the medium to reach that KPI is an improvement in tech, right? So that's just secondary. It doesn't matter. If it could have been something else, we would, something easier, cheaper, we would have done that because we also work on the profit margin. And for example, the businesses that we work with, we help them attain higher profit margins. 
And the company I was telling you about a second ago that we do everything for them, they've literally won awards on most profitable company in their country, in their industry, right? Huge things. They're very happy guys. They bought themselves some very cool stuff since then. I can't share details, <laughs> I, I but... I'm curious because you mentioned paid organic content. You mentioned yeah. these different kind of channels, right? And so yeah. I feel as an e-commerce brand scales, they need to start investing more in organic content to drive results on Google. Yeah. And when a brand is starting, most of the time, they're heavily reliant on paid traffic through Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Yeah. So I'm curious, at what stage do you see, hey, let's invest in organic, let's invest in SEO. What kind of stage do you see that becoming very relevant? And what kind of maybe split between 80% of our marketing dollars is going to paid and 20% is going to go towards driving SEO? Yeah. What kind of split do you think is viable? Yeah. So something that people don't know and many don't understand is that Google tends to drive most conversions, right? Facebook does as well, of course. We do Facebook a lot. So we drive millions through Facebook. At the same time, search intent, buying intent, typically you get from Google, right? Because you know what people search for and so on. On there, what I can tell you is that the cost of your bid, the necessary cost of your bid goes down based on how optimized your website is. And Google loves and prefers websites that have very good core vitals, that have a lot of organic traffic coming to them that have a lot of time on site and so on and so on. all of these key metrics if you do this let's say you're head to head because that's what bidding is right that's what paid ads is 10 companies wanting the same spot at the same time right same budget whatever google will decide who to show based on all of these factors if you have more traffic, if your website loads faster, if the user experience is better, if all of these have higher, let's say, grades than your direct competitor, they will need to outbid you significantly in order for them to get a spot. You can get a spot for much cheaper. That's why even right now, one of our clients, I think, is spending a million something in ads a year. And I think we're making like over 20 million out of that, like a 20x ROI, like it, it literally printing money at this point. So it's so cool to see those clients even took us to all expenses paid trips on yachts and so on because they're like, guys, we just love what you're doing. So it was super cool. And we have very good relationship. Obviously, when you make someone tens of millions, they tend to be happy. It's most of them. So basically, if you look at it from the perspective of, when one or the other if you're doing ads and you're not doing website optimization you're missing out by default because website optimization is better readability better conversion rate better speed all of these impact how someone when they come to your website even on the landing page do they convert at one percent or 1.5 or 1.7 or 2 or 2.5 whatever it is right this has an impact. And do you bid $10 for a click or are you bidding 8.5? Because if you're bidding 8.5, that might be a small difference, but that's 15% more you can spend, right? So if you're spending 100 grand a month and all of a sudden after optimization of the website, you don't need to spend 100 grand to make a million. You spend 85. Guess what? You have $15,000 left 
that you can now extra spend to either make more content or to invest more in faster technology or whatever better tech, or you can spend more in ads, right? The same 100 grand now won't make you a million, it will make you 1.15, right? So you make another 150 grand out of the same spend. Yeah, I think it's important that you look at the whole picture, right? Because I feel like a lot of people running ads or running agencies, they don't necessarily look at the bottom line. And it's important for you to go in and be able to understand what is this impact if I am able to lower the CPC by improving the site speed or time on site or whatever it may be. And so I think a lot of people focus just on the ads and not actually on the whole picture. And so it's really a unique angle that you're saying in terms of how do we actually bring this all together, right? Because advertising is nothing without good content and content is not going to increase conversion without a great website, like you're saying. And so it all ties into that kind of three prong approach that I see it as. And I think it's such a unique angle that you've approached it with by being able to see, Hey, if I lower the CPC, then I know I can drive more traffic and I know I can increase the bottom line too. I'm curious in today's world of e-commerce, Obviously, influencer-driven brands are so top of mind, and you've seen everything from Kylie Cosmetics be worth billions of dollars to my friend that runs Epic Gardening, that's a big gardening blog, and has an eight-figure e-commerce brand around gardening products. And so I'm curious, as you think about the future of e-commerce and you think about influencer-driven brands, is there an opportunity, like, for example, Logan Paul launching Prime and his drink brand, is there opportunities <laughs> for e-commerce brands in today's world to give equity incentives to influencers to further increase growth and drive more traffic in an organic way? So as in my initial description, I only care about the numbers, right? And ethics. Obviously, you can do things that are unethical, right? Don't scam people, don't trick people, don't do stuff like that, obviously. So in my world, as I believe, my belief system, the method matters. The method that you use to reach the goal, right? Many people say the means don't matter. It's just how you got the, just attaining it. I don't agree because if the means don't matter, then you don't care about polluting the oceans. If the means don't matter, then you don't care if the entire U.S. nation suffers because they're eating low quality food, right? No, the means does matter because if the means does matter, then all of Christianity, all of every principle that we care about just goes out the door, right? So yes, the means do matter. You need to be ethical in everything you do. And then after that, you need to be factual. You need to look at the numbers. What I believe with regards to Logan Paul or any influencer matters zero. Can that influencer drive millions of dollars worth of profit, bottom line, not revenue? Revenue doesn't matter. Because if I sell a million dollars and I only get to keep a hundred grand and I had to give someone 20% of my business for a hundred grand, I'm going to be very pissed because that's not cool, okay? Especially if it's like your friend, an eight-figure business. Can that eight-figure business go to a nine-figure business with an amazing influencer like Oprah pushing everyone to this guy? Yes, it can. Should it just be given? No, it needs to be earned. So if you earn it, fine, keep it, right? Okay, put in very specific clauses with vesting. Say, don't vest per time, vest per results and results should be always measured in profit, right? Obviously revenue as well. So re one or the other, whatever, because at the end of the day, the influencer, if you're running your business poorly, it's not their fault, right? At the end of the day, they're just driving your traffic. So if you're not making a profit because they're driving your traffic and you're screwing stuff up, again, not on them. So that's why be a little bit mindful, but you should measure 
profit. Like you need to understand, okay, if I'm going to give this person 20% of my company, an influencer, right? Let's say I'm making this stuff up, some numbers so that people can figure out what it is in their case. So let's say I value my business at 10 million. I want to give this person 20%. That means they need to make me 2 million in profit. Okay. What's my profit margin? Let's say my profit margin is 30%. So they need to make me 6 million in revenue for them to earn 20% of my company. Is that a fair trade? Yes. That's it. That's all you need to know, right? If I'm valuing my business at 10 million and I consider that's a good valuation and if they generate 6 million, I keep two, that's my money, right? I just made 2 million. I sold 20% of my company to this guy or gal that did amazing marketing for me. What I believe doesn't matter. What the numbers say matters. That's awesome. I love that answer. Robert, as we wrap up on e-commerce on tap here, one question that I have to ask, which is always my favorite question to ask is, what is one question that I did not ask you that you want to answer? So this is a time where you get to ask yourself a question and you get to answer. And I know you have a really unique background coming from Romania and such a unique travel history as well. So I want to touch on that too after this, but just any question that comes top of mind that you'd like to answer, let's hear it. So the question that I have people ask of themselves all the time is what do they want? What's their vision? What's actually in the cards for them? What do they believe? What do they want to create? What do they want to build? And many people would think that everyone wants to be a billionaire. Everyone wants to be Elon Musk. Everyone wants to be Jeff or Bill or whatever, whomever they want to build, Oprah and so on. So that's not true. That is simply not true. Some people just want to play video games all day. Do not believe that everyone wants to be Elon Musk. It's just not. And I, that's just an example, right? So not everyone wants to be the founder of Uggs Boots, right? You're into shoes, right? Okay, maybe you hate Uggs Boots, right? Why would you? Like, that's not me. Oh, a chief of brand or design at Nike? Sign me up. But I don't want to be CEO. I don't want to be the owner. I, don't, I just don't care. What I care about is how cool the shoes look. That's what I want to be a part of. And so what matters is your goal at the end of the day. Like, what do you see? What's your vision? Because if your vision is to be seven-figure e-commerce brand forever and you just love it because it's simple, you don't have a hassle, you don't need to work with any influencer, you own 100% of your business, right? All of these amazing things that you still have when you're in a seven-figure company, you're just rolling through the motions. Perfect. Figure out how to invest your money properly. We do that with a lot of people, right? Because most people do not have a retirement fund. And when I say a retirement fund, I don't mean the 401k. I mean your own money for when you want to decide to stop working, right? Because if you don't have that, guess what? You'll have to work up until you can't work anymore, basically. So you decide on your vision. And the moment, the reason why I ask that is because I realize that I do not work well with companies or with people that are not ambitious. I just don't. Because when I tell them, you need to put in an extra 150 grand this year so that you future-proof your business next year, they're not interested because they don't want to future-proof. They don't think like that. They don't think, oh, I'm at 20 million right now. I want to go to 100 million. They don't think like that. Or they think, but it's woo. It's made up. They're not serious about it. If you look at Olympic athletes, for example, tennis players, they literally do weightlifting exercises so that their muscles are stronger so that they can hit the ball harder. What does that have anything to do with tennis? It doesn't. But you have to work on every single detail. You have to put in the time and the effort and the money and the coaching and all of that 
right? To become an Olympic athlete, you don't become Federer by just working on your swing, working on your swing, your speed, your strength, your intuition of where you should be, where is the ball going to go, what are they doing, right? And so on and so forth. And that's why when we work with brands, we don't just manage their ad spend. We say, okay, what's the ad spend? What's the funnel? What's the copy? What's the design? What's the color? Where's the button? How big is the button? How much white space is there? All of these things, we look at every single thing because if you focus on one thing, you cannot expect yourself to perform as an Olympic. If you want to be an Olympic within your industry, whatever that is, right? Whether you sell shoes or you sell pet things for dogs or cats or whatever, it doesn't matter what you sell. If you want to be the brand or one of the brands in that space, you need to go outstanding in various different things. And that many people don't want to do. If you're the person that wants, define it for yourself and then act like it. Act like an Olympic athlete trying to achieve that. And if you don't, be happy. You've already made it, right? You're already there. Just rejoice in the beauties of life. Like you've made it. You have an eight-figure business or seven-figure whatever, right? You can be very happy. Pat yourself on the back. Go out. Celebrate with your wife or girlfriend, whatever, boyfriend. And that's it. Just do whatever you want to do. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Robert, thank you again for coming on e-commerce on tap. If people want to get in touch with you or where can they follow you online? So if they just Google my full name, Robert Indriesz, I'm sure they have it in the show notes. If they Google it, the first three pages should be about me. The first one should be my website, robertindriesz.com. They can email me at robertindriesz.com. And then they just need to mention e-commerce on tap somewhere in the email. And then I promise to reply. Awesome. Awesome. Robert, thank you again. It was a pleasure having you on e-commerce on tap and thank you everyone for tuning in.